Welcome to Sub Rosa. We're glad you joined us. <laughs> so what are we gonna secret? What are we gonna talk about today? Well, you know, I got a guy. I got a guy who is a Trump voter, um, MAGA guy. Works at a a uh, works at a company uh, that rhymes with Dougal. <laughs> and he's he's got questions. He's made it through multiple layers of, of layoffs, but they're now going granular. And at the beginning of COVID, of course, he was had a lot of stuff on his Facebook page about how COVID was fake and how Fauci was was out of pocket and I mean stuff that that hues to his political preferences. But he's wondering now <laughs> that people are you know, making hard decisions, uh, 360 style in order to keep his employment. Um, and it rubs him the wrong way to have to do this. Should he flush his social media, viewable social media of anything that might, and it really rubs him the wrong way. It has, especially given that he's an engineer, it's got nothing to do with how well he does his job, but he's paranoid about running afoul of, of, you know, the powers that be in this instance, air quotes. Um, so his question is, you know, I mean, in a casual way, what do you think, Eugene? Should, uh, should, should, should we, you know, is that some, can I live with myself flushing this in order to keep my job or just let the chips fall where they may? And in other words, if I'm, if I'm representing unpleasant views in my own life that don't jive with the corporate the body that I'm now, you know, affianced to, should I should I change just for the sake of keeping my job? And what kind of person does that make me? And I was like, oh, that's kind of cute and darkly philosophical. And we will and we will talk about it on Sub Rosa because that's what this is for. So interesting. I mean, I guess my first thought is, how badly does he need the job? Um, he's forty seven years old, has a special needs kid, and uh, and a wife that doesn't work. So, so he he well, his his wife presumably doesn't work outside the home. Thank you very much. Yes, correct, um, correct. So I would suggest... According to him, he, he doesn't work too much in the house either, but I, okay. I, don't, I don't want to get personal. That's right. He's a, <laughs> yeah. right, 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 right. You know, I mean, I think, I think that if, you know, I'm sure that's a good job. I'm sure it has good benefits. I think that the idea of being silent on places that are readily accessible by people that hire, employ you um, is probably a good idea, regardless of where you are on the political spectrum. Right. I mean, for people that are living in, you know, very, very conservative parts of the world and they're very liberal, I would probably give them the same advice. If you need the job, be still on Facebook. Right. And let's remember, social media is not political action. Right. Like you can do really substantive political action that you never have to broadcast. Right. So I think that if if you believe strongly in a political, you know, activity, or a particular candidate or party, then go work for that candidate or party in a substantive way that is going to assist them or, and just be quiet about it on social media. So that would be, that would be my suggestion is that if you need the job, it's, it's worth it to pull down your social media performances. And if you really are committed to some sort of political action, then participate in the democratic process. Mm. It's interesting. That's the exact opposite of the information I gave him. But I didn't give him a good. <laughs> I didn't give him honest information because he happened to slip and let me know. He said, "I've never been fired or laid off." 
I, I went to the Navy, got out of the Navy, and I have a steady record of employment since getting out of the Navy that doesn't include any unemployment periods, any downtime, constantly employed, never laid off, never fired. So I was like, you know, it's about time for this guy. I said, you go in there. <laughs> you go in there and you let them know who's boss. And of course, he disregarded my information completely, which is why I presented it to you. And uh, I think, I think, I think that's probably what he intends to do. It rubs him the wrong way, and I couldn't sell it any better. But I think you, you just did. Well, and I, I mean, I think that I think the challenge is that you know, I, I think there's a difference between political activity and what it is that you say on social media. Right. So like there was a really cool um, there's a, a woman that I follow on social media called Emily in your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is does a lot of suggestions for ways that people can be politically active. And it's mm-hmm. always about calling your representatives. Right? right. And and she will, you know, like surface. There was a great movement suggesting don't give me flowers, call your mm-hmm. representative and try to get some gun control. Um, mm-hmm through the Congress, because now gun violence is the number one uh, yep. cause of death for children in the United States, right? Yep. Only in yep. the United States, nowhere else in the world. Yep. And yep. so there's a lot of things that people can do to make a difference in their community or to participate in the system without necessarily having to perform it on social media. And I think the challenge is, you know, like depending on who you're working for, everything, as we know, is so polarized, right? So if I were to walk into a workplace in you know, Texas, let's say, right. Or some conservative area, I would probably keep quiet about what I do, who I Mm -hmm. am, who Mm -hmm. I, you know, like there's a lot of different things that I wouldn't say. And Mm -hmm. I don't necessarily feel like that would be, um, that would be hard for me, but I think this is, and this is a generational difference, right? So I didn't grow up with an idea that work was a place I should be able to show up authentic, authentically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I grew up understanding that you showed up at work and they gave you money mm-hmm. and you had to be careful. It was a job. It wasn't a, it wasn't like school. It wasn't like community activities. It wasn't my family. It was a play. And, and probably because I started out, you know, as, as a waitress and I was sexually mm-hmm. harassed from the minute I started the job. Right. I mean, like physically mm-hmm. harassed, like bosses touching my breasts. Right. So I never had a sense of work as being a safe space. And I'm always, I think it would, that's a great goal, but I'm always sort of amused with younger people who feel like they should be able to show up authentically at work and be safe mm-hmm. because I never have showed up authentically at work because I've but never felt like I'm safe. But you know, that's interesting because I, I have to say there was pre-internet and post-internet and pre-internet. I felt fairly emboldened. People would say, what are you doing this weekend? I go, uh, gardening. <laughs> they say, where were you this weekend? I go, Dublin. They go, oh, East Bay. I heard it was hot this weekend. No, I was in Dublin, but I could just get away with saying Dublin, Ireland. I could just get away with saying Dublin and the people in the Bay Area. So I, I had a good deal of invisibility. Post-internet, all that stuff goes away. And then, then I'm in a position where suddenly I'm called into account to answer for why is that article about you choking people on stage? Why is that like a thing? Now I got, are you going to do this in the works? Oh, no, this is stage show. I'm in a band. Oh, you're in a band. So now you're in a band. You come to work tired on Monday. You think, ah, oh, he's probably tied one over the weekend. So I have the experience of, you know, of just being a guy and then having to be Clark Kent and then now everything being, being revealed. But I tell you something that you don't know, which is pretty interesting. It just happened. I happened to see on the road at 620 
maybe Thursday morning of last week, I happened to see the disgraced CEO, former CEO of Ozzy on the road, driving by me 10 feet away. And first I noticed the car because I remember his car. And then I see the sweatshirt. Um, and this is in the New York Times. You can Google the guy's name, Carlos Watson. I see the sweatshirt that I recognize, having seen him wear it many a time in the office. And I look up and I see it's him. And I go, whoa. He's, and I look at what's he doing up this early, first of all. And I look and I see his license plate that used to say OZY.com has now been changed. And I've been thinking about it ever since because despite, you know, the federal investigation, the Department of Justice, his arrest, his upcoming trial, it never would have dawned on me to try to conceal ownership of who it is that I was by changing my license plate. I just would have left at Ozzy.com, but he changed his license plate for whatever reason. So, yeah, Well, the I, federal I, indictments could be kind of a clue as to the reason. <laughs> Yeah, but it's your car. What is the people going to say? Oh, Ozzy.com, that's the guy who's federally indicted. I mean, any more or less in his face? I just, uh, so there's a certain need to hide always, but at the same time, I, I still have a strong feeling about, um, well, no, I don't have a strong feeling about it. The reality of it is, it's impossible for me to hide. So right. I've, had, I've had to make you, my peace. But you also have, you know, lots of pictures on the internet of you without your pants on, on a stage. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's impossible <laughs> for me to hide. So it's not like I do this stuff in the workplace, but you know, right. the person who's looking for an excuse to not give you a job has now found it. So. Although I think it's interesting. I was talking to somebody who kind of hinted at the fact that when we post cut downs of the Bad Boss Brief on LinkedIn, mm -hmm. they don't get reshared very often. Right? <laughs> and yeah, the reason a, I was reason told- I, yeah, there is a reason for that, which is, and I don't think it's that occasionally we say cuss words or we whatever. It's because we're talking about the fact that capitalism is is bad, that many bosses are terrible, that sexism and ageism is in the workplace. And people are afraid to share that because they're afraid their boss is going to read it and think, wait, do they think that I'm whatever? Uh, and it's interesting. So it's like, that's, that's kind of what's happening right now, even yeah. with us. And I feel like, okay, fine. We'll, we'll fly that flag. It's good. The yep. people that want to yep. hear us all, you know, yep. scoot yep. over to Substack and, and, you know, join us at the hearth as we burn whatever it is that we're burning to the ground. So, well, so, right. so, so yeah. a benefit to being the ages that we are, it's like at this point now, what are you going to do to me? What are you going to do? You're going you're gonna, to, beat me up? What are you, what's, what's going to, what's, well, what's the worst, you know? And I think also, I mean, this is something that people talk about and they joke about, but you know, as a woman who is postmenopausal, I will tell you, it is true that I biologically don't give a fuck anymore. There is something about the ebb of estrogen. I no longer give a fuck whether people like me, whether they hire me, whether they don't. And let me tell you, women who are coming up behind me, it is a blessed relief. There you go. There you go. Perfect. All right. I think I think on that note, we will end the sub Rosa. Um, send us more uh, questions and we'll be happy to cover them here at WTF at badbossbrief.com. Thank you. Bye.